Coming to you from New York City. This week and every week, it's the Ben Kissel Show. All right, welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Ben Kissel. We got Mike Coscarelli here as well. Hello. All right, so uh, let's see. Recap this week. I, I talked a little bit about this on Abe Lincoln's Top Bat this week. You can listen to that on Cave Comedy Radio. But uh, Mike, we were in we, Saturday. We were in Chicago for mm-hmm. a live last podcast on the Left Show. It was amazing. The fans were incredible. The women were so unbelievably hot. It's it's nuts. I didn't yeah. realize Chicago. I had forgotten that Chicago has some of the hottest chicks on the face of the planet. And uh, dare I say, they don't have the ego of the gale from the West Coast. <laughs> or the East Coast. Or the East Coast, which is, uh, they just have that nice Midwestern sensibility. Right. Where they really respect a guy who can, like, you know, slam 30 beers and still scream to the bartender that he can drive. <laughs> it, it, I can drive! <laughs> I can drive! And in, in, in Chicago, women are just like... That's marriage material, because I think that he probably could drive. Look at that. I will take my keys back. Give me the keys. You gave me the keys, sir, 10 beers ago. You told me not to give you the keys, no matter how much you screamed at me, sir. Give me the keys! I think I'm just in love. I not think only, I love him. Not only can he drive, but it's probably also a big-ass truck. A big truck. Beautiful truck. Uh, yeah, so the people of Chicago were amazing, although I did get tricked into taking this shot, it's, and I messed it up on Top Hat. Uh, so let me clarify now. It's not, well, I think I called it McClord or something. It's Malort is the name of this shot. Malort, M-A-L-O-R-T, in okay. umlaut over the O. And what is it? It's a pretentious O, I yeah. guess. It is the most disgusting, I don't even know if it's a vodka, a rum, a whiskey. I have no idea what it is. But it tasted. It tastes like Princess Diana's vagina now. It, it, was, it is unbel- It is liquid death. It was something I have never experienced before in my entire life. I love liquor. Yeah. To a fault. Like, I need to go to AA. I would never go to AA. A bunch of losers wearing sweatpants. But I need to go to <laughs> Passage Malibu or something. Right. I love booze too much. I've never met a booze I didn't like. Except for maybe I'm on stage and then everyone in the crowd's booing. That's a different kind of booze. Different booze, yeah. Yeah. That was me last night at, at the Creek in the Cave. Good God, I bombed hard, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> so, Malort. So, I'm I, I'm hanging out. This guy comes up. He's like, I'm a huge fan of the show. I'm like, awesome, dude. You have good sensibilities and you love all the right people. And he's like, let me buy you a shot. And he laughed when he said it. And I said, oh, this isn't a, this is not a normal shot. <laughs> this is gonna be a challenge. Yeah, that's this is like, you know. You like look, to drink, huh, Ben? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Try this shit. Right, right, right. It's like when someone's like, let's go, uh, you know, let's go shopping, let's go shopping for clothes, and they bring you to a baby gap and then start screaming, pedophile! <laughs> we got a pedophile here. And you're like, what you brought me here? Yeah. It was a gag. It was a gag gift. It was a joke. And so I, the bartender, he looks at the bartender, he's like, two shots of Malort. I will give the guy credit. He took it with me. So double bullets. Mm-hmm. We, were, we were Russian roulette in it. And we were both getting shot in the head. Yeah. And uh, so the bartender pours the shots, and she's laughing too. And I'm like, this is going to be, this isn't good. This is not, your bartender is theoretically supposed to be like, you know, really thrilled with the product they're serving. Right, absolutely. That's, that's what they do. We're going to look up what Malort is. Oh, yeah, look it up. Malort, M-A-L-O-R-T. And uh, so I take the shot. I mean, my face, it was, it, it turned bright red as if I had just seen, uh, you know, my mother making out with Santa Claus. Remember that? What is that? Remember that song? It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> as if I had just seen my mom nude or something or getting an enema, which I actually did see my mother doing at one point in my life. Uh-huh. It was one of the most disgusting things that's ever happened to me. That sounds very traumatic. Yeah, my mom used to get coffee bean em- enemas. Oh, my God. Colonics. Why? I don't know. I guess she wanted to feel like a Colombian or something. I, don't, <laughs> I have no clue why she would do coffee bean colonics. Oh, my God. But uh, I guess you, 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 you have to get out of there, I guess. 
Uh, so I took the shot. It was absolutely disgusting. They gave us three more shots while we uh, were on stage. We, meaning Henry, uh, Zabrowski, Marcus Parks, and myself. I, uh, and uh, I, they're truly horrible. I'm sorry to interject, no, but I, ha- I have some background on uh, on Malort. Oh, please give it to me. It's... I got to know who founded this damn thing. Go back in time. I'm not killing Hitler. I'm crea- I'm killing the <laughs> killing creator Malort. of Malort. <laughs> uh, it's Jepson's Malort. It's a it's a Chicago based uh, liqueur. Okay. And it is uh, originally a Swedish. St- it's a Basque, uh, which okay. is a Swedish word for bitter. Mm. It is a Swedish style spiced liqueur flavored with wormwood. Uh, Sweden is one of the few countries that has never banned absinthe, or other, so it's basically it's almost absinthe. Oh, I see. Practically absinthe. The I same see. kind of the same fa- same family. So this is where the war begins between the Americans and the Swedes. Yeah, with Malort, and they've invaded Chicago. They've invaded Chicago. Indiana's next. Ohio's coming up. Yeah. Look out, Midwest. There's a Malort, a Malort scare. It's a pandemic. It's a pandemic. It's an epidemic. It's worse than Zika. Yeah. It's Malort. I mean, it does sound like a disease that your grandfather died of after yeah. a World War II injury. Absolutely, yeah. He, he died they of cut the, his foot off. Nah, he, he died of the malort. malort. Yeah. yeah, he died of the malort. And it does taste like gout. Oh, God, dude. So I it, can't imagine. There's some shitty liquor out oh, there. Oh, yes. I don't even know. I, it literally exists solely to be a, a gag gift. I mean, the Jepson, they know. Jepson, you're listening. You know your product is trash. <laughs> but they're just still they're, they're throwing it out there so schmucks and victims like myself out of towners can come and get bamboozled and hoodwinked by native Chicagoans. Yeah. Put it put it on the curb cuz it's trash. It's trash. It's trash. It's trash day. Time to pick up the malort. <laughs> but the people were great. The show was so fun. Metro Theater, that's where we performed and then another place called G-Man Tavern. Um and the Cubs, the man you cannot have a conversation more than three sentences in without somebody from Chicago talking about the Cubs. Apparently, they're yeah. doing well. They're three to one. The three to one to win the World Series this they're year. They're great. That kid Arietta is a pitcher, and he's a, a fucking monster. Really? Yeah, they have a lot of really good young talents, and that's it. They could be good for a long time if that team stays together. Now he's the pitcher. He's the pitcher. Arietta. Okay. I think he's pitching two no hitters already. One this really? year. Really? I think it was one this year and one last year. But he's a he's an animal. Do you think he pitched the no hitters on acid like Doc Ellis? Or? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I think he's playing it straight. Maybe he's on the Malort. He could be on the Malort. Yeah, the, yeah everybody's on the Malort. Oh my God! They're rubbing the baseballs in it getting them all malorted keeping it under his hat so he yeah. something on his curveball hey uh umpire he's got malort he's got malort under the hat umpire doesn't care because he's on malort too oh everyone's it's on Chicago. Malort. the steroid epidemic is coming gone now it's time for the malort the malort <laughs> the epidemic of baseball it's going to taint the entire generation there's yeah. going to be five or six years of people who just won't be able to get into the hall of fame yeah because they were all on malort they were all they were on malort uh, and it just puts you in such a zone you hit the ball you're seeing the ball better than everybody else i mean Technically, you hit three home ones at once because you see three balls coming. Yeah. <laughs> so if they count by how many, that's actually a fun drunk game. If you could channel how many balls the person yeah. sees, if you're if you're drunk to see five balls, if you're drunk enough to see five balls, you hit it. Yeah. You got five home runs. Let me ask you this: I know you're a guy who likes to drink. I, in my younger days, I did too. I don't really. Drink I'm as older much than now. you are. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, I I I I think, I, think well, I was drinking a little too much when I moved to the city. Let me tell you, I started drinking when I was 12 years old. Okay. Uh, in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, and I started drinking alone. I think the first time I drank, I was alone. Um, so I don't know. It, it is an issue. I've been talking about it a little bit more, taking it a little bit more seriously, um, because now I'm 34. It's been 22 years of pretty much drinking regularly. So mm-hmm. I have no idea what it would be like if I didn't drink. 
So maybe I should take a month off or something. Well, let me ask you, have, has, have you found that drinking has, uh, like I've heard stories of, of other comedians going out to L.A. for meetings mm. and then just missing the meeting because they got drunk. No, like I never that. would any, do anything stupid like that. But right. I will say this, true honesty, uh, last night I haven't had a day off in forever. In forever, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm either you know doing uh, things at Fox News or podcasts or whatever it might be. So yesterday I wanted to go out to brunch. I haven't been out to brunch in months, maybe even a year. So we went to this place, and then sure enough, it turns out it's one of those unlimited drink brunches. The so bottomless you, The, the bottomless, bottomless brunch, yeah, yeah. And I'm looking for the bottom. Yeah. You know, I, I dug for the it, it is bottomless. You just can't find it. Nope, nope, nothing. Uh, no malort to be found either at this place. So I ended up just getting trashed, and then I have to go do a stand-up show at 8. And yeah, I, mean, I, I, I guarantee you my performance suffered probably because I had too much alcohol, so that was a negative thing. So I do have to, and now, I mean, at this point in our careers, you really can't have too many of those. I mean, granted, it was a small show, a free show, maybe 15, 20 people there, but you never know. So I I would say that uh, yesterday, um, I would have had a better performance had I not had any alcohol in my system. There's no doubt about it. There's a massive myth that somehow... Uh, it makes you more outgoing. The reason I started uh, to drink so young, when I was 12, I was uh, about 5'10". And then by 12 and a half, 13, I was 6'7". And I had massive uh, <laughs> social anxiety. Oh, so big. Jesus. I was so big. But he's got the mind of a child. It was like the, <laughs> you know, it was like Beyond Thunderdome with yeah. Master Blaster. They want to kill him and they realize the big dummy is a mentally uh, disabled person. And that was me, six foot seven, 13, the mind of a child, terrible social anxiety. I mean, I'm just comfortable with my size now in my 30s. Right. So you can imagine how difficult that is. And I'm not athletic. All I wanted to do was do comedy. Everyone wanted me to play sports. I couldn't do it. So I just started drinking uh, because they're, you know, the medication. I didn't want to take this medication. I thought the medication was making me suicidal. So that was the reason that I got into it. Under, and it did definitely calm some of those, um, you know, nervous. Uh, nervous tics that I had, and and it made me, uh, you know, I, I could hang out with people, and it was sort of a a character type thing, right? You know, oh Ben, he can drink thirty beers, right? What a, what a cool guy, right? Not one shot of Malort, <laughs> but thirty beers, not a problem. Just crushing Budweisers. So I do think sometimes maybe uh, it would be interesting to experience sobriety for a length of time where I could really understand what my body chemistry would be, but at the same time, I just love a good beer, right? But, yeah. again, you have to be careful because a situation like yesterday, I wanted to have a day off, but at the end of the day, y- y- you just can't. You know, I mean, Grant, it wasn't the worst stand-up set on the... Th- I didn't urinate myself or go G.G. Allen and roll in my own dookie. Right. Uh, it just... I wasn't as sharp as I would have liked to be. Yeah. You definitely lose an, a little bit of an edge on stage. Yeah. You uh, can't roll with the crowd. You, yeah. you know, you, you can't go full Trump. Yeah, right. You know, I'm right. up there. I'm up there, you know, I'm, I'm Carson-esque. I'm right. Ben Carson. I'm just kind of droning through <laughs> it. And I know that the, the delivery is slow and I don't have the passion behind it. A guy named Seth Herzog was in the crowd. A very successful comedian who I like very much. It would have been nice to do well in front of him. Sure. You know, he runs a great show called Sweet. But it doesn't matter at the end of the day. We're all doing very well. But I, I did definitely wake up this morning and thinking, you know, maybe next time. Uh, just You have to keep in mind, sometimes it will derail certain things. Yeah, I think that, that if that's something that you are thinking about in terms of uh, how much you're drinking, then yeah, maybe it might be time to... I'm 34 years back, old. I mean, you know? I mean, at the end of the day, at some point, I'm going to go to the doctor, and they're just going to be like, "If you have another shot, you're going to die." And right. I'll be like, "Today's the day I stop," yeah. <laughs> or "Today's the day I go get my final shot of Malort," right. and we call it a day. <laughs> call <laughs> it a life. What he died doing what he loved, drinking Malort. <laughs> I don't think Malort would be the shot you go out on. Oh, that's oh, I'm taking it. 
I'm taking it. I w- get me off this cruel planet. Those would be <laughs> my final words. World. Goodbye, my lord world. <laughs> get out of here. I don't know, man. It's a, it's a, it's definitely. It starts off as this thing I think you do socially. Yeah. Uh, and it's a, a fun. I mean, again, thing. I was People doing it together, alone. You know. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think if you. And you get into adulthood, and you, you know, but you have things going on, and it hasn't. Yeah, you're not a kinnison where it's like, oh, this no. guy's fucked up all the time, and he, and he, no. we can't, we can't get him to work on no. time. But you do you have know? to be. No, no, I love going to work. I'm so busy, it's ridiculous. I love being. I could be busier. I want to be busier. Right. Um. But anyway, going back to uh, to Chicago. Speaking of busy, um, because we had so many shots of Malort, I woke up slightly late, although really not that late, uh, to go over to O'Hare Airport with Henry Zabrowski. And um, apparently, they're going through some TSA. There's some. There's some ridiculous. These TSA employees. I'm sorry. I don't want to go full Ronnie Reagan, but <laughs> fuck off. Yeah. You know they they're on strike. The TSA. Yeah, they I want saw. more. What are you striking? Your job shouldn't even exist. Yeah. What are you doing? You're the McDonald's employees of government. You yeah, know, it's are. like, and they, if anything, if someone's going to blow up a plane, it's going to be someone from the TSA. Yeah. They're the outraged, ones, disgruntled. Totally. Yeah. You know, you look and there are a bunch of assholes. They're grabbing all over your cock constantly. So Henry and I end up missing our flight. And people who listen to Top Hat had heard this story, have heard this story before, but I'm sure I'll change it up a little bit. We miss our flight. And we see the plane going up in the air, and I mentioned this on the last episode. Uh, secretly, you do kind of want it to explode. Yeah, just so sure. like when you miss the flight, you're like, like, what's, Whew, thank God. <laughs> wow, I knew God does have a purpose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's yeah. go get some more Malort. <laughs> let's just go. Let's just Dodge go back to Wrigleyville. But so we had to spend eight hours, maybe ten hours, in the airport. Um, and my God, there isn't anything to do. I mean, yeah. this is not a Disney World. Uh, I mean, I, I suppose O'Hare Airport, as far as airports go, is not the worst by any means. Um, but ten hours, there's just yeah. there's only there's no cinema. You know, there isn't there's Hamilton isn't performing anywhere. Right, and if, even if it was, you couldn't get a ticket. Couldn't get a ticket, not at all. We we couldn't even get into the Admirals Club. And I know for a fact the majority of people walking into that club they weren't Admirals. No, I they, saw they were them. drinking Malort. They were Malort lovers. Pathetic. So Henry and I, first of all, the first bar, Henry gets recognized for Heroes. Uh, He plays a great character, Quentin, on Heroes Reborn. So that's fun. And then the second bar, I get recognized for Red Eye. So we got, uh, you know, uh, both of our egos soothed. How does that Uh, feel? Good. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. The the one thing, the bartender comes up to me. I'm talking to all these people at the bar. And then then everyone leaves. And then the bartender looks at me and says, Red Eye. Red Eye. He like whispers it. I'm like, yeah, I'm on Red Eye. He's like, yeah, I watch it. You're one of my favorites. I'm like, why the fuck didn't you shout it yeah. when there were people here? I don't care. That I I know I'm on Red Eye. Yeah. You know I'm on Red Eye. They don't. Yeah. Let them know. I want to sign autographs. Yeah, I want to be signed. I'm, I wanna, I wanna, I'm, I'm taking on Red Eye. I'm on Red Eye. I love my lord. That's Henry from Heroes Reborn. So we are at the second bar, and this guy sits down, and he's just an average dude to say the least. Just a balding, maybe 41, 42 years old. Chicago. Uh, Chicago. Yeah. And uh. I don't know what it is about airports, but there's something very confessional about an airport bar. It, like, you know, when you go into a Catholic church, you're just like, I'm telling the priest everything. Uh, fortunately, the priest doesn't, uh, you know, return the favor and tell you that he's a pedophile, but, you know, that's fine. <laughs> so the guy sits down, and we just talk. We're literally talking about the Cubs. He jumps, he just way jumps uh, into his life. Out of nowhere, yeah, you know, life has been really hard. He says, life has been really hard for me and my wife. My my 16-year-old adopted daughter, she is adopted, I want to clarify. She's cutting herself. Uh, yeah, so she's just started to cut herself because uh, she was molested. She was molested. I just have this. So Henry and I are like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I don't, we, we don't know how to react. We're just like, 
Yikes, bro. That's woo. Two shots of Malort. Three (laughs) shots of Malort, bartender. Get this guy eight shots of Malort. So he goes goes on and on. And so it ends up, he's telling the story about how they found the, they, they caught the person who molested his daughter. He's in jail for seven years. And then his other, his, his son, who was also adopted, he just really nailed home the fact that these were not his blood. I don't think he likes his adopted kids very much, quite frankly. He nailed, he, and then he starts talking about how he and his son have a plan for when the guy gets out in seven years, if they want to, if they still feel the uh, desire, they're going to kill him. <laughs> and so Henry and I are sitting there. We've just been brought into a murder plot out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, we're just trying to eat the shittiest nachos on the face of the planet. Right. And this guy is making us complicit into a hit. Uh, so it was a fascinating experience. I guess it's just because you know you're getting on a plane and going somewhere far away from where you currently are, you just feel the... The, the desire to, to, to tell your whole life story. I think there's also a f- uh, potentially a fear of, of not landing. Of, oh, of sure. Get it crash, all out. You know? Get yeah. it all out now because you never know. I mean, Ben Kissel needs to know about the plot to kill this guy hey. getting out of prison. What what if my plane crashes and I can't do it? Yep. Ben Kissel must avenge my daughter. I know. That's what I'm thinking. So I have to, uh, I, I mean, I'll keep my ears out. I'll check the parole boards. Uh, from I don't know what state it was from. I want to say North Carolina, but I'm not sure if that's true or not. I think it was North Carolina, though. I'll just yeah, I'll keep an eye out. Yeah, keep an eye out. We'll see when when convicted child molesters are getting released from jail. I'll just just start. I'll just start randomly killing them, and hopefully, I, yeah. I hit the guy. You gotta just hope that the name sounds familiar, John Anderson. Yeah, I think it was him. Why not? Yeah. That'll work. Sure, it's fine. So yeah, it was. So it was. An, it was. Ten hours, eight hours at the uh, at the uh, O'Hare Airport, just getting absolutely trashed. The weirdest food on the face of the planet. It's so hungover the next day. I mean, it was ridiculous. Flying really takes it out of you. Yeah, and I had to go pitch a show. Did you? Yeah, which one? Well. It was good. I was pitching uh, Lawbreaker. Okay. Did you did you ever see that little sizzle I made? I don't believe so. It's no. about if you haven't seen it, uh, listeners, just Google Ben Kissel Lawbreaker. Uh, basically, oh, the I did. Is, That's when you went to uh, New, New Jersey. Jersey. Yes, yeah. I did see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you, it was the dress thing, right? Yeah, I broke yeah, this yeah, anti cross dressing law. So I was pitching that show on Monday. I mean, just hung over, and I think I had food poisoning from the airport. I mean, it was a it was an interesting time, but you know, I pulled it off. Yeah, I mean, you I pulled po- it off. Listen, I, this flight from Chicago, what is it, two and a half hours? Two and a half hours. I, I ended up getting on the plane, and wouldn't you believe it, I run into my friend, um, and she, we haven't seen her in years, so five shots. Five shots of Malort. Malort no, yeah. they didn't have Malort, so we finally got some Jack Daniels in us. Right. So, oh my God, getting drunk in space. Yeah. That's a hell of a thing to do. Can't, are you afraid to fly? Well, you know what? I actually had a little bit of a phobia. I've I've been developing. I got a phobia of bridges all of a sudden. Oh, they're terrifying. Because I was going over the Verrazano. Yeah, it's and, a horrifying bridge. Oh, it's so scary. For those that don't know, if you've never been over the Verrazano, it's a two-lane bridge that looks like, I mean, any day. It any just, day. Yeah. It's uh-huh. gone. Yep. And what do you think? You're 500 feet up? Uh, that's got to be one of the highest bridges, at least in the city. Oh, it, my God. If not God. the highest. It is Terrifying. And it is just, it's the longest extension bridge yes. in North America. How many what is it? A mile or something? It's got I think it's longer than that, dude. Well, that let's used, check it that out. Bridge used, I'll check it out right now. Uh, that bridge used to scare me though when I was a kid because that's if what my go- parents lived uh, grew up over there and we right. would, my grandma was in Sheepshead Bay. So from Edison, which is where I grew up to the eastern part of Brooklyn, you'd have to go through the outer bridge, Staten Island, and yeah. the Verrazano to get to and it was I used I was afraid every time we would drive over it. It oh never my God. looked good. Well you got six inches to the right of you. I mean, you're gone. You're and the and the rails are like five feet high. I mean, anyone uh, th- that yeah. wants to jump could just easily do it. 
Yeah. And there is no coming back. This isn't the Golden Gate Bridge where you have a possibility of a seal circling you and you can survive, which is a true story from a great documentary called The Bridge, which if you haven't seen it, check it out. Basically, a documentarian set up a camera staring at the Golden Gate Bridge. He got permission to do it by the city, filmed for, I want to say, five years or so, maybe a little bit less, maybe one year, either way, filmed for a long period of time, and he just showed everyone jumping. Some of them oh, survived. Jesus. It was uh, fascinating. I mean, it's a, it's a crazy way to go. I'm going to say not- Yeah, dude, n- people survive jumping they off survive. bridges all the time. I mean, their, their spinal cords are shattered, uh, yeah, yeah. and their toes look like, you know, God knows what, look like, look like they've been through the meat grinder of the Texas Chainsaw family uh, at their cattle ranch or something, but- yeah, but no, I mean, as far as a fear of flying, I, I was developing one, so it's good to just get in there and, and, and fly and realize odds are you're going to die. Like like Jim Carrey's character in Dumb and Dumber told in, uh, said in the beginning of the film, odds are you're going to die on the way to the airport as opposed to on the plane. So Yeah, but he was also the stupidest person in the movie. Yes, and, that's uh, very good probably point, Probably could Mike. be wrong. Yes, know? that is a very, very good point. Some statistics here on the Verrazano Bridge. No, this is interesting. Bridge talk. Bridge talk. This is good. This is like NPR. Welcome to uh, Bridge Talk <laughs> with Ben and Mike. It's really more death talk. We're trying to oh, keep, yeah. keep you out of death. Uh, 13,700 feet. Oh, my God. That's so, how long it is? That's how long it is. So I, how what, what's a mile? Uh, 4, I haven't 000, ran a mile in my entire life. Uh I ran a 16-minute mile when I was in eighth grade. Mile is 5,280 feet. So that is, uh, it's over, that's almost three miles. It's almost three miles? Yeah. Oh, my God, it's a, it's a nightmare. So those coming and visiting New York, if you do have a fear of bridges and you want to get over it, do not take the Verrazano. It will instill every yeah. amount of fear that you ever thought you had. It'll put it right back into your body and make it completely rational because it is a terrifying bridge. They got I don't even know what to do with it. You know what the other scary thing about it, too, and I'm just realizing it now, thinking about the other bridges in the city? Because now I live in Queens. I have to take the Ed Koch Bridge, the 59th Street Bridge. How am I that, doing? That, uh, how am I doing? Ed Koch, how am I exactly. doing? Uh, I think the other really scary thing about that bridge is the other bridges in the city are surrounded by the city. So when right. you're on the bridge, you look over, you see buildings to your right. You see sure. the financial district if you're on the Manhattan Bridge or the Brooklyn Bridge. And then you're looking at Brooklyn either ahead of you or Queens. With the Verrazano, you're literally just over water. Oh, my God, yeah. There's no – if you look right, you look left. Like the city's in the distance, mm-hmm. and there's nothing to the left of you if mm-hmm. you're going into Brooklyn. So you're just on this plank above right. water, the Guinea Gang plank. You're yep. on, you're on it above water, and there's just nothing around you to look at. You feel suspended. You above are the air, and you are, of course. But yeah. there's distractions on the other bridges. No, I mean there should be a carny checking tickets before you get on the damn yeah. thing. It's a it's a ride because you might get hurled off. You might get hurled <laughs> off, and it looks like it was put together by a drunk a bunch of drunk Irishmen, which yeah, it was. It was well Italians, I think. It was the were, Italians. I mean, oh my honest, god! Italians and math, but not exactly. There's not a lot of great Italian engineers. You not know? a bunch, but great with their hands and good eyebrows. And Big dicks. Is that right? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. Yes. So that brings us all the way through the week. For the most part, I got to meet Herman Cain once again at News Corp. Very how is wonder- he? That's such a nice guy. Yeah. I uh, I told him how much I loved his song, Imagine There's No Pizza, <laughs> which is incredible. Have you ever heard that? No, I haven't. Oh Sounds my God. funny, though. Yeah. I, 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 could we play it at the end of the podcast? Yeah, I'll put it in at the end. Okay, yeah. You guys have to hear Imagine There's No Pizza. Imagine There's No Pizza. Herman Cain sang it at a Godfather's, uh, one of their you know their yearly convention with all the employees and, yeah, and yeah. the franchisees. Oh, because he's a- he, uh... Godfather's Pizza. Oh, CEO. Yeah. He's the Godfather. He's it. Which I do love. I it's forgot such, about that. It is such a racist name for a pizza yeah, joint. Yeah. We'll call it Godfather's. 
I mean, unbelievable. <laughs> well, is it but, any different? Little Caesars is also sure. I mean, right jab right at it. But it's, it's. I mean, it doesn't matter. Is it matter. racist or is it? Uh, you know, a caricature. I suppose it's uh, it's cultural appropriation. Cultural appropriation. Maybe a caricature. But yeah, so imagine there's no pizza. We'll play it at the end of the episode. I mean, it's one of the best. He actually has an amazing voice. He's such a great entertainer. Mm -hmm. Such a nice dude. Um, Let's see. Who else did I meet this week? Who came through? I got to meet meet Ernie Hudson. That was Uh, kind of fun. The Ghostbuster. Oh my God. Did he talk about the new Ghostbusters? A little bit. What's going on with that new Ghostbusters, by the way? Now, is there two movies coming out? One with a female cast and one with a male cast? Is that what no, I'm understanding? That, it's just one. That would be news to me if that's the case. Okay, because I was under the impression. I've just seen the Melissa McCarthy one. Okay. I, I just wasn't sure if they were making a male one and a female one because I heard that yeah. was rumored because everyone's so pissed off Curious. that there's, there's going to be female Ghostbusters, but you, ghosts aren't real either, people. Well, and it's now the most disliked uh, video on YouTube. What the, the Of the, all time. The trailer? Yeah. Really? Like ratio-wise. I mean, Justin Bieber's baby still has more dislikes but yeah. uh in in comparison the ratio of of views to dislikes is right. like is like 50%. Yeah. It's insane. I mean you do wonder if they had to go full with with uh with an all female cast for it. Uh I or don't remake it at all. Or remake it. I don't care. I mean I would never get upset. I never get upset over that stupid bullshit. Who cares? It just looks weak. It doesn't look like yeah. a I think that's the bigger issue. If that if the trailer came out and it was the three of them doing really of the four of them yeah. doing really hilarious stuff, right. then it's a little different. You can look at it and go like, "Oh my, all right, this is actually this might be pretty good." But like the, yeah. it just looks at least what they've released in the trailer, mm. it looks really weak. It I doesn't see. look like the funniest stuff, you know? Like there's a lot of jokes trailer. that are like, "Oh, that's going to hurt." Yeah, it's yeah. Like, that stinks. You guys can you guys can do better than that. Come on. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I mean, at the end of the day, maybe if you're a young girl out there, it might be a really wonderful movie. It's some of these movies that I loved when I was a kid are total stinkers. Sure, of course. And pretty yeah, much yeah. everything. I mean, I have to stand by Happy uh, Gilmore, and I stand by Billy Madison. I stand uh, by Tommy Boy. This is Tommy Boy. Sure, these are my generation. It's a Farley vehicle. Yeah, I stand by Dirty Work. Dirty Dirty Work is one of the best. Dirty Work is fantastic. Almost Heroes, however, Farley a later Farley feature, maybe not so good. Yeah, Farley had Tommy Boy, and then you start kind of trickling down. Black Sheep is like, all right, I get it. Yeah, basically Tommy Boy. Him in Spain, yeah, again. Pre- pretty much just Tommy Boy yeah. in the woods, yeah, and then a couple movies, like Beverly Hills Ninja, like they oh start my god, trickling that one does, down, yeah, yeah, yeah. Know? He wasn't saying no to a lot of work. He wasn't. I don't blame him, dude. He was no. hot for that moment, and he's great. And he, you know, he shows up in a lot of movies that he's great. Like he's yeah. great in Wayne's World, and he's great in and uh, he's great in Billy Madison. Yeah, he's great in those movies. Great cameo, Dirty yeah. Work, great dirty, cameo. Great, oh my god, I forgot yeah, about Dirty the Best. Work. Um, but anyway, going back to addiction really quickly, he was one. If you get a chance, read the Farley Show. Um, my God, he has some letters from rehab. And they are revealing because he is truly mentally stunted. Yeah. I mean, he just never, he, he wrote like a fourth grader, maybe even not even like a third grader. And his, just his, his level of intelligence was, was much lower than I had hoped. Do you think so? Yeah. Because I think he was just unbelievably talented. But, you know, unlike what we do, uh, what Henry Zabrowski does, and, uh, you know, a lot of people that I work with, we do everything acting, right. podcast, stand up, sure. uh, writing, whatever. He was, he was just such a great force to people wrote for him right. and he would just go deliver these powerful performances right, right, right. but I don't think that he wrote a word of himself down right yeah you, you, know, you, oh, 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 I think oh, you look yeah. at that element with Henry anything. where Henry is like I remember I had to follow a while back when I did your Too Fat show I oh, had to yeah. follow Henry doing like a character like some chef character oh yeah and I fucking couldn't believe 
Like he just came out committed to it a hundred percent. Like, I, I, dude, I was watching it and I was like, How, "What the fuck am I gonna do?" <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and he wrote that. Like, that's something that's uh, like he didn't just like go and do like I, as far as I know, at least didn't just do, go do some silly thing. That's a character that he developed. Yeah, no, right? he wrote everything. I mean, everything is. That's the one thing about Henry and uh, and the sketch group Murder Fist. If you haven't heard about him, check him out. Uh, I think they have some web content. It's dark, but it's very very funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, they're extremely meticulous and they work very hard on their writing. And that's the one thing. If you are a person who wants to get into comedy or entertainment in general general um you know these it's not it is it is not all fun and games <clears throat> you know you have to enjoy the work right and actually that's where you get the real thrill it's not from boozing at brunch ben right. well i'm not even yelling at myself <laughs> but you know whatever you don't deserve that ben you're a good man you thank you mike yelling at yourself all right all right we won't um anyway let's see anything else going on with you mike uh not really man yeah. we, me and gene had our eastville show for our podcast good uh, and that was that was good and social villain seems to be doing wonderful we're doing okay yeah we just had uh we had Pat Dixon on with Guns the other day. Guns, that yeah. Seemed to get, we got Ir- Travis Irvine's coming on next week. Very good. My roommate Travis. Yeah. yeah. Working at Vice right now, crushing that. Yeah. He's just doing great videos for them. So, yeah, we've, we've been booking some good guests, and I think it's going very well. Hell yeah, dude. All right, great. Well, check out my other shows on Cave Comedy Radio, Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, The Last Podcast on the left, and The Roundtable of Gentlemen. Also, I do a podcast now for the television show on Fox News, Red Eye. The podcast is called The Red Eye Podcast. Easy to find. Easy to find. Yeah. It's kind of fun. It's me, Tom Shalou. TV's Andy Levy, who has been on this show in the past, and Tom, who has been on Top Hat uh, in the past. Um, so that's a fun one. And find me on Twitter at Ben Kissel. Find Mike on Twitter at Mike Coscarelli. Mm-hmm. Maybe Instagram. Instagram at Mike Coscarelli. That's my bread and butter. Okay, yeah, you're yeah. an Instagram guy too. I, I mean, I just have to shift over there. But yeah. Um, anyway, and now we'll uh, we'll leave you with Herman Cain singing "Imagine There's No Pizza." Yeah, hell yeah, powerful stuff. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> right. Imagine there's no pizza I couldn't if I tried Eating only tacos Or Kentucky Fried Imagine only burgers is frightening and sad. You're lucky you have pizza to feed your kids for you. No defrosting or cooking and no dishes Browns out your pizza.
سخن 